Well, well, time for the YND podcast, episode five. Can you believe it? Quick, went quick. Went like a rocket. I'm Yvonne Lorcan, the uh, co-founder and chief tasting officer for winefringe.co.nz, the wine writer for the New Zealand Herald and Dish Magazine. <laughs> and you are Daniel. Yeah, I'm still called Steve Austin. Are you? Um. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, after that uh, intro that you had and all those credits, you know, I, I just I felt like I only thing I'd come up with was Steve Austin, you know. It's a good it's one, like, though. Maybe I should have – see, I can't because I'm a girl. I can't say I'm still <laughs> called Steve Austin. I have to find, a, find someone else. Yeah. Who would be the, uh, you know – don't they have Helen Clark or something? <laughs> She's pretty badass, you know. Helen Clark. Yeah, yeah. Helen Clark is badass. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of Helen. Uh, how long did I go back a long way? She's a handsome woman. You she. Know. Uh, you know, you don't need great looks when you've got a brain. Yeah. Like yeah. Helen. Uh, or I could just do this from now on, whatever. Hey everybody. Everybody. <laughs> you can do whatever you hey everybody. want. Everybody. Because it's your podcast, Dan. Thanks. Uh, yes. Well, I'm Daniel, and uh, I'm a winemaker for Decibel Wines, and yeah, I got a shop in Hastings. Mm-hmm. Busy one. And uh, what else do I do? I don't know. Do a few other things. You're a dad. I'm a dad. You're, you're dadding. I am dadding hard at the moment. You could be Decibel Dad. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am Decibel Dad. You're Decibel Dad. Uh, yeah. How did your hard out go last time? It was, time? Uh, well, I left like a bunch of stuff here behind, uh, which, you know, we're still searching for when I got back. But uh, it was good. It was good to do. And I think we did a tight 42 minutes or something. We didn't know fluffing along. This was, yeah, for last, our, last our episode. episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it did feel like we were a little bit under pressure. I don't like that as much. So mm. I need to work on my scheduling. I think so. Um so, yeah, what do you got? What's going on this week? Well, what, well, this day. This day, goodness. Um, do you know what? 6.30 this morning, I got a courier knocked on my door with a massive big box full, absolutely heaving to the brim with uh, shiny new wine friend samples. Ah. Yeah, and they're all in little sample bottles, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah. Um, because They break they, them down for you. They break them down for me because we've got a team of people that need to taste. Sure. So, um, you know, sometimes it'll be the complete unopened bottle if, mm. if we're able to get a couple of samples, but um, mostly they'll coravin the samples up there and send us, like, so the bottles will be coravined oh, yeah, 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 for yeah. later so that they're fully So they intact, can still use them. And, so yeah, they can yeah. still taste, so that we can go back and retaste and Are you guys things. using the nice little screw cap coravin, the newer ones? We use all of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's one, great. I love no the No more needle for the screw mm. cap, just mm. that sort of tube that goes Just in. a little tube. Yeah. It's exciting. It's very cool. It's very cool. Um, I haven't tried the sparkling one yet, but we're going to I think oh, we're going to get one. I don't even one. know what, what yeah, is that a one do? Corbin. What does that do? How does, does how, do you know how it works or? I think it's the same. same. It's a piercer. Deal. It's a piercer. But they do it like CO2 or something instead? I or? think so. Oh okay. god, don't ask me really complicated questions. No, that's an questions. early pull back the curtain. You know? <laughs> yeah, actually that's a good idea. We can do that one time with the uh, with the Coravin. So I've got all these samples, right? But um because they're in these little sample bottles that were done yesterday, I have to attack them today. So I've got, this so, is why we have to motor through this episode, because I've got a heart out. And we've got uh, some wine to we grease do. the wheels with we later on. We do have a wine to grease the wheels with later on. So let's get stuck into it. Do you have 
any little Kiwi-isms that you've been thinking about that you I do. need explaining? I've got um, – well, I don't know if this one will be explained to me, but I have noticed um, at a conversation recently that in Europe and North America, we have these things in schools called cafeterias. Mm-hmm. And we have like lunches at school and Yeah, they that. feed you. They feed us. I mean, you can tell. Look at me. <laughs> But uh, here, it's either packed lunch, and sometimes there's like a little cantina or something. Yeah. You know, my daughter's school has like a little – but I'm surprised at that. Mm. It's like taking no. years for me to realize that. No, and because back so, in the day, it was assumed that parents would um, would be responsible enough and conscious enough to give their children a great breakfast and pack a good lunch. Um, oh, I should also add wealthy enough. Ah, yeah, I was going to say. That. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it was assuming. And back in the day, um, most Kiwi families could. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't hard to do, you know, mm. to, to make a decent lunchbox. So, you know, you'd have schools that would have a little shop, like you could get, like a tuck shop, we'd call it, a tuck shop. Oh. So you could go and buy a packet of chips or... Crisps. Crisps. Yeah. Um, no, chips in yeah. New Zealand. Chops. So chippies. Yeah. Um, or a can of juice or, you know, yeah. fizzy or, or a um, chocolate bits. bar or something. Yeah, little, yeah, yeah. little things. Could you a pie? Oh, that's... Steak and cheese pie, mince and cheese starving pie. starving now. Stop talking about it. Best yeah. thing. So um, that was... It was kind of thought parents would provide the lunches and the morning teas and afternoon teas and whatever for children, for their own children. Oh, that's something else that <clears> on the <throat> flip side we didn't, we don't have as, as t- afternoon and morning tea. Yeah, we, we do. Oh, had, New Zealand, it's very important. I know. We just had a lunch break. <laughs> go eat now. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it would go, the school day would go, um, so about sort of 10, 30, 11, you'd have morning tea. And that would yeah. be, you know, your little piece of cake and your apple or whatever, something small from your lunchbox. And then at midday, one o'clock, you'd have your lunch. And then there'd be a thing called Little Play, which would be like a five or 10 minute break at about sort of two. Little play. Little play. That we go out for nice. a quick run round, have a, yeah. have a snack if there's anything left over from lunch. But problem is now, super high cost of living. It's very difficult to get all the fancy things in, a, in, in the lunch boxes. Mm. Um, and it's kind it's of... It's just one more thing to have to try to do. It's you know? one more thing to try and have to do. And a lot of people, sadly, don't kind of know how to put together a nutritious... That's um, for sure. But they also can't... Yeah, so they, it's a question of not being able to afford it. But a lot of schools um, do breakfast for children mm-hmm. um, and some lunches as well, but there's not a designated cafeteria per se. Although Hastings Girls High yeah, I'm sure there, I, I, there's probably kind of schools thing. that Boarding do it. schools, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just know, it's not like a thing, a regular Mm-mm. thing. And we did both. You know, we brought our lunch with us. And then we had options okay. at the cafeteria, too, because sometimes cafeteria food was, mm. you know. It never looks nu- great on the television No, and it's the nutri- It's, like, usually, like, not, you know, you might have, like, pizza day or sloppy joe mm. day. I don't know if you what know is, what that is. I have no idea. Is that, like, no, hold That's on. That's kind of an East Coast thing. I Tell me if I'm wrong. A sloppy joe is, like, mince on toast? Kind of. Yeah, but it's, like, almost like a burger, but sloppy. And minced, minced up meat. And minced beef. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you might okay. so you might have certain, but like most days there was you know what's it's you know fish or some kind of sirloin like really cheap little piece of meat mm. and some uh, hash or what were they called uh, what are the little 
Hash browns. Tater tots. Tater tots. Oh, tater tots are huge. I always yeah. remember a Napoleon dynamite. That's right. He, he always fills tots. his pockets with Give me tater a tot. tots. Yeah. And milk in a little carton. Yeah we, yeah, we had all that stuff. And some kind of indiscriminate sort of or indescribable drink in a carton. Okay. Like a juice. Not even a juice. It was like a fruit Cordial. drink. Cordial. Cordial kind of thing, loaded yeah. with sugar. Okay. Oh yeah, just heaping with sugar. So, so yeah, that's my uh, that's thing. my kiwiism thing that I'm not okay. sure about. I have um, uh, well, we'll get to it, but remind me, I have a very big uh, meanwhile in New Zealand. Oh, you which, do, which I'm still not okay. on the fence with the yeah nah, or I'm on the fence with the yeah nah, and I'm thinking what we can name that. But go ahead. Okay. Did you have something else? Yes, just very quickly. <sighs> Talk to me about tipping, Dan. Oh. Because, you know, tipping is an, an American thing. I'm assuming there are some other countries maybe that have tipping. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like in New Zealand, we've kind of embraced tippings or we're trying to. You know, some restaurants will have, you know, when you go to the FPOS machine, it says, do you want to leave a tip? Um, you know, yes or no, how much you want. Um, but we certainly don't really... It's not a habit for us to leave some cash on the table no, no, or slip it not. into the cash. hand of it's your. Cash. I mean, I know, right? Um, but do you know? And it's, this is probably an irrational fear of mine. It's one thing that makes me go <gasps> when I think about travelling to America. Is I can't get my head around tipping. I don't know how it's when to easy. do it, how much to do. What's the etiquette? First of all, you can tip on anything. You know, somebody goes and parks your car at a, you know, at a, somewhere, or you can. The guy does a great job of, um, you know, the plumber comes real quick and and saves your ass and mm. literally and uh, and does something. You know, what's charged? Oh man, you guys killed it! Here's an extra twenty bucks or something, and that's always very appreciated. But in a restaurant, it's pretty simple formula. The most basic, you really did a bad job. It's like fifteen percent. And then if you... Even if they've done a bad job. Well, here's the thing. Everything... what happens if you don't tip? If you don't tip, um, then, you know, nothing really will happen except you'll get scowled upon and maybe next time you come in, yeah. you'll get really bad service. Mm, okay. Or you won't be the first to get the service or things like They'll that. remember you. But you have to quantify this. Like, I've, I hear this argument all the time from Kiwis. Like, we don't want to go down this road. We don't want to tip. It's, everything there is so much cheaper. So the drinks, the booze, the food, the restaurant, and then the tips are, you know, when you add on the tip at the end, it's, I still think most of the time it's more expensive to eat out in a restaurant in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd believe you. I yeah. totally believe you. Because, so, you know, it's all built in, you know. Yeah, so it's built in. And okay. the, uh, because of that sort of, mm-hmm. now there are, are restaurants that have tried to pay more. And I'm sure in this day and age when everybody's having trouble keeping and getting mm-hmm. employees, they're paying more and everything but um the i'd say the weird one is the, the one that's in between is europe because they have like lifetime hospitality work you'll go into a restaurant in italy and there'll be like a 65 year old man serving lunch it's true and he's awesome it's he, true he and the concierge him. at the hotel is like 70 something yeah. been there all their life it's a career hospitality yeah. is so, a lifelong career and and they're paid uh, you know properly and yet mm. somehow Food is still pretty affordable, at least in Italy. I don't know about other countries, but so that one's I, I don't so really. So fifteen percent is the base at a restaurant. It's more like eighteen is like you okay. did a good job. That's fine. Eighteen percent, you know, that's and and if you want to do a little more, it could be twenty. They killed it. They were on top. You know, they were getting mm. you your drinks fast. Okay. They there was a problem, but the, we're going to fix it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, then, they went and, over and above. 
and that would I be think, like what, 20, 25%? Maybe? Yeah, maybe if you want to. You okay. know, at that, at that point, it's all up to you. And, you know, but you have to do your own math, Stan. You know, in your head, you have to do math. I mean, it's 20% is pretty easy, you know. And that's where you round. Sometimes you just round up okay. a little bit, and it's fine. It's not, that, that part's not that hard. Okay. It's the, um, you know, did they go above and beyond and all mm-hmm. that. And if it's like your regular spot where you're always going, some days, you know, if you go twice a week or three times a week, you know, one day a week, you might go, oh, I'm a little extra for, for mm-hmm. Johnny today because he's, you know, he's got a baby coming yeah, and he's yeah, doing yeah. a great job for me. He's been, okay. you know. So I think people are, they should be sort of scared of it in New Zealand because the prices are already so high. Now, the problem is, is that the uh, traditionally until even, you know, maybe the last five, six years, and but there still does this happen. There's just like kids working in restaurants. Totally. And they're, and they're terrible servers. I know, they don't know how to and they, they don't, don't know, know anything do about it. wine and they don't know anything about food yeah. and they're just kind of like bringing food. They don't deserve a tip, you know what I mean? And mm. we're not, you know. Mm. This is true. It's got to be deserved. Yeah, I yeah, think it yeah, should yeah. be. And, and you know, at the very least, anybody, hmm. you know, most restaurants, even like a chain rest, family restaurant, they'll know everything about the menu and they're yeah, trained yeah, yeah. up and they're, you know, you know, you know, they want the tip. So they're like really trying to, to go above hmm. and beyond. So. And you know all this because you come from the hospo background. Kind very of. much so. So your family, just for our listeners and our viewers, um, your family has restaurants? Restaurant in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, if you ever go to Philly. 20th and Spring Garden, Macrossan's Tavern. You'll see a guy who looks a lot like me running around uh, named Jamie. And he's my brother. He'll take care of you. Um, and, but I've done it. You know, I worked in kitchens. I worked serve. I'm a terrible waiter, but I'm a pretty good bartender, a much better event coordinator, a manager. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, pretty pretty good bartender yeah. and so server we can So years. we can take your advice as, as pretty much, you know, solid. Yes. you've done this. You've been there. You know I come it. Every time I do my special liquor license, I'm like, I got 35 years experience. <laughs> no, maybe 30, 25 years experience. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much for mm. um We can always go back that. there. I'm always happy to talk hospo stuff. Yeah, so. good, good, good. No, we, we will. And we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Decibel Wines is the newest tasting room in the best block of Hastings City on the East Block, where it's all happening. We're right in the heart of the action with, uh, you know, the distillers and the common room and a bunch of great restaurants and other uh, great shops in the, as our neighbors in the area. There's something for everyone in our shop, though, with 18 wines available under the Decibel Junta and Testify Collections. We're treating podcast listeners to a 15% discount. That's pretty That's pretty good. On our website with the code PODCAST15 at checkout, head to decibelwines.com and use the promo code PODCAST15. I believe that's all caps. Uh, You know, I moved to New Zealand all alone in 2008 and started making these wines in 2009. I moved here with a dream and literally just a few bucks in my pocket. Uh, It all started with a very small amount of Decibel Malbec, Sauvignon Blanc, and of course Pinot Noir from Martinborough. I make all these wines, buying fruit from so many great growers around Hawke's Bay and Martinborough. Um, so please come visit us uh, when you're in Hawke's Bay. I'm usually in the shop hanging around. Uh, if I'm not there, there's some other great people helping out and know the story and know about all the wines. Or just visit decibelwines.com and use promo code PODCAST15 at checkout for 15% off. Cheers. And on with the show. Um, good foot time. So do you have some good news? Any good foot kind of? I just have like a good foot thing that 
is probably New Zealand, UK, but we don't have in the US mm -hmm. that uh, on a daily basis, I just get happy. And this is such a simple pleasure. You have to take these simple pleasures in life. What is, is it? Uh, just your boiler for your, uh, your cup of tea. Oh, the kettle. The kettle. You called it a boiler? Well, just, yeah, for our I mean, international. Our, our, yeah, the kettle. So kettle, kettle yeah. in, if people drink tea in the US, which there's heaps of people drink tea, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's the thing. What, do you not have a kettle? No, they burn it on the stove. It's like In a pot? In a, in a, not, a, not necessarily a pot. That could be happening. But like an old school kettle on the stove. I don't understand why, like, the U.S., you go there now, and it's, like, so techy. Everything they have, you know, have every yeah, gadget, every you gadget. know, that you can imagine. And they still don't have, like, a plug-in kettle Do you in know the what? Wall. I, now that brings back some an interesting quote because um, from Rex Pickett, right, you know, the, the author of Sideways, arguably the funniest wine novel of all time, which was and which I would then say went one on of the to only be the good funniest wine, wine movie yeah. of all time. I, actually, it won an Oscar yeah, for I can't, um, script writing. I can't think of another great wine uh, movie. So anyway, Rex Pickett's been in New Zealand, was in New Zealand last year for most of last year, writing mm. Sideways 4. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, which is super exciting. But So I had a bit to do with um, helping him tootle around the country and um, get some kind of interesting New Zealand experiences. And he was just over, he won't mind me saying this, he was overwhelmed with how you could go into even the most basic New Zealand motel, hotel, you know, backpackers, whatever, and in the rooms would be a kettle and cups and saucers and tea bags and coffee sachets and teaspoons and milk in the fridge. Mm -hmm. um, he was like, you would never get that. In the States, you know, you were just, I mean, maybe you can in some places, but he was just like, you would never get that. You know, people people would steal these appliances. People, you know, <laughs> it would just wouldn't happen. You know, what what is in New Zealand? You have a kettle in your room. And I'm like, oh, my God, people yeah. have kettles in their bedrooms and kitchens and sometimes sitting rooms yeah, yeah. or lounges in this country. You know, it's, it's such a basic thing. Plug it into the wall, boil it, cup of tea. We just got a new one. That's why I'm so excited about it. Do you know what? I've got a, And it got, lights up. Yeah, I've got one too, which yeah. has little buttons which says if you want your this is what you press if you want your oolong tea this oh. is what you press if you want your green tea I think I've seen tea. that I think I've seen some this of this is what you press if you just want it to boil this is your coffee to, it's amazing <sighs> and it's fast and it's quiet my good foot is not a great big one because I yeah I have a little of, one that's good I you got of, a simple pleasures in life well know? this goes back to something that we said last episode we were packing up, I think no, we were we were getting ready to, to get out. started. Oh, okay, sorry. And we were, you know, <laughs> plugging things in because it's, it, you know, there's lots of cords, there's microphones and stuff, there's a camera there and a lamp and whatnot. And um, I was trying to get the USB in the plug, and I was like, oh gosh, you know, I never get the USB plug in the first time. I think it happened once to me, and it was when I was trying to plug my phone into my car charger and I just flipped out I was yeah. so overjoyed and uh, it happened this morning it's gonna it, be a good I got day. the USB connector into the plug the right way around first time that so never happens 50-50 chance and you always lose it was amazing that's my good foot too. that's good mm. uh, you gotta take those wins when you get them yeah <laughs> so so we've done our wins our fails do you have any any fails I have a pretty massive fail is this one in New Zealand or New Zealand is this the same thing no, we can, <laughs> we can, we can, we can jiggy jig it around. Um, so this is, so I'm is, curious now. This yeah, is, yeah, I think I just got to go into this because 
I randomly stumbled upon this because I was um, looking for something else online. And, oh, what's this? And you know how you go into, you know, there's like the regional papers or whatever. Yes. All right. So let me. Um, I hope that's not the same one I've got. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, let me just. Can I tell a little story to provide some Do context? It. Yes. So years ago, when I was actually flatting on the street that you live on now, this is back in 2008 or nine. Yeah. Great street. I was, Great un, street. I was um, not aware of the strange, and I will say strange, odd racism that's in New Zealand, right? Yes. It's okay. really odd. It's so it's like complete, it's an oblivious racism. Yeah. It's not, I mean, there is definitely overt racism and people who are, have yeah. a lot of problems with this, but there's, there's some really strange, like, are you serious, man? And uh, one time yeah. on Halloween, which isn't very big in New Zealand, no, not really. but not we're kind of in a neighborhood and, you know, every year you get a smattering of kids who pop yeah. up and, you know, and I, and, um, and I thought, oh, well, it's Halloween. I'll just buy some candy and yeah, make sure I have some. Yeah, just in case there's a trick-or-treater. Sure. And I'm in a neighborhood, yeah, so I'm like, this is good. So I'm in suburbia. So I put some candy out. Yeah, sure enough, one or two kids come by, this and that. Then a group of three kids come up, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, cool, cool. And I'm like, you know, first one was a little girl. I said, what are you? Oh, you're a princess. Cool, cool. You know, and the next kid is like, oh, you're, you know, Superman or yeah. something like that. I go to the next kid who I wasn't even looking at. And he's in a zoot suit with like a hat. Yeah. And I. Class. He had not blackface, but kind of like smudge like almost like you know you get the cork and you burn the cork and you put so he had that so like someone had charcoaled his face okay so listen no. yes so listen what? yes yes so i said and he must have saw the look on my face because as soon as i was like and what are you you know and he he must have known i think he knew in that moment that his parents fucked up because <laughs> He was like, oh, he stuttered, no. and he goes, he goes, uh, and oh. I swear to God, this is what and he this said. Is a, this, is a, this is a New Zealand European kid, this Pacquiao is a, kid. I think he's Pacquiao, yeah, yeah, from memory. He may have not been, but he goes, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm Italian, right? <laughs> so he was dressed up as a gangster, and he just said, I'm Italian. And I was like, are you serious, man? I was like... First of all, I'm half Sicilian, so I was like, I should be offended by this, you know. I mean, I'm a, you know, my, I'm not, I have no gangsters in my family, but like, you know, the first thing you say when you're Sicilian mm. to this day, I'll tell somebody like, oh, so Junta, because that's one of my wine brands. Mm-hmm. So that's my grandmother's. Yeah, just saying, they're like, oh, she, you know, is she in the mafia? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's no. Why didn't? Okay, okay. So how now did his a, parents get get him out the door? This isn't even my parents, thing. In how did his parents think? You know, it was a good it, idea. That it was a good idea. To, to to go, okay, my kid's gonna be an Italian gangster and I'm gonna put I'm gonna make his face all dark. Okay, different if they'd made him maybe like a little, a little mustache, mustache or something. Or something. Made him look like know. the godfather, you know. I, I guess. I don't know. I guess, yeah. But that's weird. We're really trying to justify this now. No, so I'm not just that's my bad. that's my context for okay, this. Okay, that's right? the context, right? Okay, okay, so this is now fifteen years later. Yeah. I read in the newspaper yesterday, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but in 1865, wasn't a, around then. A gold prospector by the name of Arthur Addison. Now, mm-hmm. check this guy out. This guy is a freed slave, right? Mm-hmm. Makes his way all the way to the other side of the world somehow. Yes. I'm actually not a positive where he's from, but I'm going to assume North America or yeah, US yeah. or something. If he's a freed slave, freed slave, makes it to New Zealand. 
finds gold, right? So this yeah. guy's like, I mean, he talk about a 180 in life. This yeah. guy's doing amazing. Yeah. Right. Tells others about it, too. He's generous. Because he's a good guy. Because he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, and tells people that this west, so this is on the west coast mm-hmm. of the South Island, the good old Very west coast. Very prosperous gold. So um, he, he said, and he, so he basically found, I don't know if anybody else did, but he's one of the guys who founded this rich area. He tells everybody, this is where you go get the gold. So how do the locals thank him? Well, they named a bunch of areas after him. Including Darkies Terrace Track, Darkies Terrace, Darkies Creek, and Darkies Terrace Road. Now, those names endure today. Okay, now listen to this. This, (laughs) how absurd is that? They have the internet on the West Coast. Of they have their. This is not nineteen fifty. This is not even nineteen seventy. I'm saying, you oh, know, this, this is embarrassing. Dave. This is the West Coast of New Zealand in twenty twenty three. Now listen to this. They not only do that. Not only are the names there. The Stop. article is so ridiculous because they they pull in Massey University linguist. Like this is something that we have to check on. Yeah. Uh, Julia <laughs> Debray and says. Um, Many people would agree it's definitely a racist slur. And it's like, are uh, you sure? I mean, you think so? I think so. <laughs> like, did we Wouldn't, need shouldn't to, it be like everybody uh, yeah. agrees? Well, did we need to bring in a linguist to uh, from one of the universities oh, to confirm damn. this? So, so bad. Uh, and that's out there that exists. And no one's bothered to go, No one's going, what, hmm. Like you guys had, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a good cushion here of, 30 years probably to figure it's soon as like yeah. the 90s kind of has like maybe we should clean up some of this and you, you know, know what? a lot of place names have been have been cleaned sure, up yeah, yeah. Sure, in sure. New Zealand there's been some super hey, dodgy place I'm not going to go back to the 1860s and try to get no. woke back then and try to say hey no, but you'd imagine you, that but, but by the really, 90s you yeah. know and so I just thought that was incredible mm. it is it's hair raising it's it's pretty it's and then and then how ridiculous the article is to bring in the senior lecturer <laughs> to to uh oh, cuz they have to have some kind of expert commentary because they then, do i know because I know. then if you have expert commentary it counts as journalism mm. if it's not if there's no expert commentary then it's just uh, like an opinion column, really, isn't it? Sort of. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I know why they did it. Yeah. But it's uh, just like, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. So. Okay. Um, that's my, uh, yeah, nah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> that's a good, that's a, that's a kind of, that's a, that's a good yeah, nah, and a, and a good kind of fail. So, um, my, I have a couple of things. The first thing, I don't know if you've seen it, is all over Instagram, there's this thing called wine yoga. Uh, yoga I've wine. definitely seen the build-up to this. I could say that, yeah. You I've know, seen. it's everywhere. These people that are just kind of, it's all about drinking wine while you're doing your your yoga. Can't we just drink wine? And I can't know. we just do yoga? I mean, look, look, I just, I, I just don't get it. I look! Get, oh, and then yeah. there's that. Um, so what we're looking at here, for those of you that are just listening, um, you, we're burning our eyes at the moment with this naked person. It's a woman. She's got long hair. She's kind of straddling her yoga mat, 
very impressive. She's, she's got double her, jointed. She's double jointed. She's got her arms behind her back, holding an enormous goblet very of wine. She's yeah. incredibly flexible. I'll give her that. But ew, ew. And yeah, the t- like, look, there's a the glass of wine in someone's toes. Um, I don't understand why. We need to combine the two. I don't know why we need to combine the two. This is like when a porno is trying to be funny. You know what I mean? We don't need to cross genres here. You know? It's, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it's just mm. do your yoga, be fit, just and then go have a glass of wine afterwards. Do it afterwards. You know? I, I suppose they, you know, this is, this is like a perfect example of what social media does and what photos, because it's like they are, I would say that it is an interesting Mm. reason to take a picture and some of it could be funny. I like that but dude, that, though. I like that is, guy. Do you He's, like this one? No, I like the one above it where the guy just quits on oh. yoga and starts drinking. <laughs> that, that's better for yeah, me. Yeah, there's this guy that is, um, there's all these, the, the uh, Lululemon-clad yeah, um, ladies yeah. um, doing their yoga, and he's just this dude with this massive fro and and shades on, just sitting there on his mat drinking wine, and I quite like that. But but there's this other picture underneath which has some extremely flexible, um, possibly, winemaker um, doing a backbend over um, a couple of barrels, which I think that's kind of... I mean, that's like a good maybe vintage picture or that's something. That's a good but, vintage and, picture. And, and that's think, not really a yoga picture. I think if we took, we're taking that out of context, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty. Somebody did mm, that while mm. they were filling barrels or something. Check that one out. There's this woman. She's doing a headstand, and yeah. she's wearing a dress. I've definitely seen hands. a lot of this on the Insta. Yeah, so on the Insta, um, just look up wine yoga, and you too can um, sizzle your eyeballs on this stuff. Um, the other thing, very quickly, um, that I'm – just kind of a little bit over. Oh, yeah. Is, um, you know, wine T-shirts? Uh, like from winer? Oh, like... Wine I, T-shirts, uh, like you know, that have funny things... Ones, yeah. yeah, 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 that have things like, um, you know... Uh, May contain Gag-inducing slogans mm. like, I'm on cloud wine. Oh. Um, I just want to... <laughs> I just want to drink wine and pet my dog. That was the first time I saw Aaron's face just get really disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, come, come on. and drink wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just... Is that the equivalent to live, laugh, love on the oh, wall in your house? God, you know? live, laugh, gag. <laughs> I just don't know why we need these. I don't know why we need all these wine professional wine taster. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what about Jesus drank Riesling? Do you like that? That's shirt? okay. I don't yeah. mind that. And I've got. I, I do actually. Who did that? What have, winery does that? Um, is that Mount Edward or somebody or somebody I down south? I think it was. It was somebody um, good. I remember. Yeah. It, oh gosh, in Wanaka. Um, I forget, but it came out during this kind of Riesling yeah. conference. I think it could have been actually Pegasus Bay in Waipara. Could be. Uh, I do have a T-shirt which has Riesling to be cheerful. And on the back of it, like, which is an old sort of Ian Jury. So you're guilty as well. It was given to me. I didn't buy it myself. Momentary lapse of Riesling. Mm, That's uh, okay. A pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or not quite a pun. but Yeah. yeah, So anyway, that's it. Um, So pulling back the curtain, we've kind of touched on um, a couple of things, but screw caps was my... um, question to you because mm. at Decibel you only use screw caps 
just talking about this yesterday, actually, mm-hmm. in a very busy day in our downtown tasting room at the corner of I Warren this and Harrington Street. I know because I was Street. talking to you. I called you, and you're yeah. like, oh, it's busy. I'm, yeah, I'm it was busy. busy at like 11 in the morning when mm. I got in. Um, Are they better? Uh, different is the mm. word I would definitely use. Better uh, better for peace of mind of a winemaker uh, and certainly better for certain wines that you know, you're trying to get into people's hands for a certain price mm-hmm. um, because nowadays a nice cork in New Zealand costs you over a dollar. So when you say a nice cork? A cork that's not going to fail. It's, first of all, it's been tested for TCA. Which I is? I don't, don't feel like saying the word right now. I Try say You say it. Trichloroanisole. Thank you. Uh, and it's been tested for uh, anything else, any other molds or anything. But then it also is a high-quality cork so that it doesn't get – there isn't too much air that gets through or any wine that comes out, things like that. Because I had a huge cork failure incident in with a 2014 white blend that I absolutely loved. It was a Chardonnay mm-hmm. Viognier. thought it was such a cool wine. And not only did some of them have TCA, but some of them were like kind of slightly oxidated. Yeah. That was almost worse because people thought that was the wine. That, they, and that's the problem. Yeah. And it, uh, I find this with um, a lot of sparkling wine has mm. cork taint to it mm. um, because, you know, most sparkling wine has a cork. Um, yep. And because people don't drink sparkling wine regularly – like all the time. It's kind of a one-off celebratory thing, once or twice a year, weddings, parties, anniversaries, Christmas. And they don't recognize it. So they go, oh, you know, when they smell that kind of cardboard, like a wet dog in a cardboard box smell, they go, that's unusual. Maybe that's just how the wine smells and how it tastes. And, you know, maybe I'm just not going to buy that again. Mm -hmm. Whereas, in fact, you know, there's a a bottle right next to it, which could have been perfect. Yeah. and yeah, it's a tough. Yeah. I mean, New Zealand's gotten the worst of it because we're so far away from Portugal. I mean, we're literally antipodes to that part of the world. So, uh, you know, and the and the cork mafia basically is what they are. Speaking of mafia, they mm. you know they would just send New Zealand whatever and just be like yeah deal the with the, the leftovers. Mm. And we you know there were big wineries in the '90s that were having like Portugal 40, is where they where they make most yes. of the world's cork, by the way. Thank you, Yvonne, for, you, you, just, know, you know, you've got to explain it to I'm going to take Dan. a breath sometimes to give you moments to uh, fill in the gaps. <laughs> um, and so there was big wineries. Villa Maria, I think, was a big one that, uh, you know, trialed it. And, and, and then and they had the AWI, or, uh, or not AWI, Australia, New Zealand Institute Wine. Mm-hmm. It's AWANZWI or something that did years of research in Australia, New Zealand. And there was the New Zealand Screw Cap Initiative, which was a big Marlborough producer focused. Yeah, and they just said, we're done. We're just going to go this way. And it suited. In their eyes, and I think, you know, we're evolving from this, but it definitely suited our more fruit-driven style of mm. wines, uh, which happens for a variety of reasons. In and, you know, let's be honest, it costs so much to make a good bottle of wine in terms of growing the fruit, um, making the wine itself, all the equipment that you need, the labor, the time, the, the sweat, the tears, the do- you know, and then to, to go and sell it costs money as well. You don't want to... You don't want to cock it up it's by, by by having it's you know a faulty cork. You send somebody so screw a wine. caps, you're right. It's a guarantee yeah. that what goes in the bottle is going to stay. Yeah. Sometimes there might be a little bit of a sulfidic um, note, you know. Well, we could pull back the curtain on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Let's do that another time. Reduction. That's yeah. actually a really good pull back the curtain reduction, mm. oxidation, 
pendulum, mm-hmm. and we could talk about what happens, mm-hmm. what goes under screw caps sometimes. And but you chose pretty much to start at that using point, screw I thought caps. Most of the wines and the price point I'm at, uh, and I am now. I thought, what am I doing? Let's just do screw cap. It's totally acceptable for all New Zealand wines, uh, including stuff well into the forty. And there's hundred dollar New Zealand wines yeah. that are under screw cap. I am considering possibly going back to cork for my testify range just because that's kind of becoming an allocation type wine now. And I, I do think it's kind of cool and special to pull a cork out, yeah. you know. And I know uh, of a great source of corks now, but they're, you know, it's probably going to cost me a dollar fifty a cork. Yeah. That, that doesn't make because sense for my. Because they're good quality and they've been tested. doesn't and... make sense for my, you know, $19 Sauvignon Blanc. No. You know, just okay. so. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. That's the that's mm. the thing. Okay, groovy. Speaking of uh, you know quality, I'm just closures, staring at this. So I'm like, when are uh, we going to do a, this? We've got a it's wine almost eleven o'clock taste. for Christ's sakes, you know. Yeah. Well, t- here's the thing. I um, you know how I said I had a, a whole box of samples mm. arrive, right? This is six thirty this morning. Um, I I actually got straight into it, so I didn't. I was going to warn you. I is didn't, that why you're so loose? Well, no. It's not. I was going to say, I literally cleaned my teeth about five minutes before coming to the studio because I don't clean my teeth before I do a big wine tasting if mm. it's early in the morning. You just mm. don't. You can't. Yeah. So if I have <laughs> so if I have toothpaste in the corners of my mouth, can you please tell me? Oh, I thought that was so just uh, – no, no, you don't. I'm just kidding. You know, that horrible toothpaste smegma. Right. So the wine I am pouring for you – is from Central Otago. It's a Pinot Noir. Yeah, it looks like a Pinot. Yep. And it is from a little company called Pinkridge Estate. And uh, don't know them. Well, I'm not surprised that you don't know them um, because they are very, very small and they haven't really gone out doing a lot of marketing or anything like that. So Pinkridge Pinkridge Farm, sorry, is the name of the winery. And it's run by Justine and PJ Davis. And the Davis family have done, they've been in Central Otago for a long time. They've done all sorts. So they've been farmers, they've been... They arrived on the ship with Arthur Addison. Bound to have arrived on the (laughs) ship with Arthur Addison. They've been moteliers, shopkeepers, farmers, and now they're grape growers. And they have... In their cellar, I, I tasted their 2017 yesterday, so they've got stocks of 2017. This is the 2018, and they've got 2019 available. So you can kind of taste all three if That's you like, cool model. which is like kind of cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just just this Pinot, or do they have a few other wines? Or is it no, they just, just um, no. so they have this Pinot, but they also do a Pinot Gris. Cool. So a small amount of Pinot Gris, and they do a Rosé from their Pinot Noir. And... Um, you know, I love it. I love the color of it. It's kind of starting to get a little bit of that earthy hue. I mean, we're we're using the stemless glasses today, which is a kind of a that's another pulling back the curtain thing. I'm not usually a fan of stemless because, as you can see, you get fingerprints all over the. Mm. All but over they're the good. Glass. They're good stemless. They're big. You know. But they're they're good. They're handy. But I love the color. I love the um, the cherry scent. It's easy to warm up the wine a little bit, too, with this stuff. It is easy to warm up the wine. Because I'm a man with hot hands, you know. (laughs) Whereas I've just got dirty fingertips. Look at the state of my glass already. Mm. But it's kind of exotically scented. It's got this, um, That's pretty plush. Kind of spicy. It's got some guts to it, which is what I like. Um, I think there's nothing worse than, you know, I can can appreciate a Mm. very elegant, pretty... Lighter Pinot, 
but I but think this it doesn't. Has got some heft. Yeah, yeah. There's, I don't mm. think it does the Pinot world that many favors. No. What's this price point, by the way? Forty dollars. Oh yeah. So at, yeah. That, at this, to get. So it's not cheap. It's yeah. not cheap. It's forty dollars. It's no, got no. That that's exactly of, where I thought it would be. You can tell there's some decent oak has been thrown at this. There's that slightly kind of charred, a little bit of a smoky note to it, but it's nicely integrated. There's a kind of a meaty. So are they winemakers or who made the wine? Oh, you know? it was made by um, Anthony Warch, W O R C H. So he is a winemaker at. Um, uh, the Alexandra Wine Company mm-hmm. um, makes wine under contract for lots of different um, companies down there. And he's just, he's like a wizard. He did a good job. He there. did a really good job. I would say this. Um, I'm definitely, this. my career has been marked by people who, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying this guy's in this category, but people who name drop to me, okay. like all the way from when I worked in New Zealand to Napa to like even famous you know, famous in quotes producers mm. in Europe, and I usually don't know who they are. Like, I know why I know a lot of different wines, and you I just know nod your head like you know. No, I just be like, because they'll people name drop like I worked for this person or I'm friends with this person, and I I usually quickly and I would I kind of had to quickly start doing this, particularly in Napa where they they do a lot of name dropping and mm. this guy you know you don't know him he is like hundred point. Park or one, and I'm mm. just like, I don't know who that is. I just would say right away, mm. I don't know who that is. Do you know what I like about these guys is that um, on the Pinkridge Farm website, you know, they tell their story. They say that here's a picture of PJ and and um, and Justine, and and you know they're operating it, and it's their little story. Mm. And then you scroll down, it's like, and this is our winemaker, and a little bit about him. And so I like the fact that they are. Giving their winemaker credit. Yeah, they're not trying to pretend. They're not trying to pretend yeah, that yeah. it's just them. You know, it's amazing so. how many even established wineries pretend yeah. or just don't want to give that up, and nobody yeah. cares. No Actually, cares. people want the information they and the story. Know. It's only going to yeah. add value to. Um, and oh, they work with somebody good. Hmm. You know. Do you know what? I, just while we're talking, I can still taste that wine, and I took my last hmm. sip. What, a minute ago? A little annoyed you didn't bring any food with you today, too. You know, some nibbles, um, some snacks. Some chewies. You know. um, yeah. I, can, I can do that next time. But I love the persistence of flavor. No, it's, it's great wine. great length. And it's got this nice kind of lacing of, um, yeah, like kind of tree bark, sandalwood, spicy, earthy. I don't know. I really well, like I, it. I so Pinkridge Farm. I don't know Pinkridge if these guys fall into this category, but I think that what's scary about happening scary for uh, say Martinborough or maybe Marlboro or is is Otago always had that sort of sexy appeal because they have the tourist market uh, and they could you know charge more per bottle. Now they're starting to get vine age, yeah, and the and the wines are getting really good. I mean, especially the people who know what they're doing, the people who are practicing great viticulture, mm. which there's a lot down there, and they have this sort of money to to you know crop at certain levels and do things the right way. Now they're starting to get vine age and they're really they're starting unstoppable. To, yeah, they're starting to figure mm. out their clones and yeah. all that. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, there's going to be more and more great wines coming out of there. I have to admit when I, Otago got really popular when I was first moved here and I had had a few, but when I got here, they were like skyrocketing in like 2008 to 2012, that kind of time. And you would definitely drink like a and I'm talking retail price like 60 to 80 dollar for sure 
Pinot, and it was like just kind of light and mm-hmm. okay. And you're like, well, it's well made, but uh, but nowadays, really? but now they're starting to bring the wood, yeah. as we say, you know. Mm-hmm. So. No. And they've got a lot of um, like a very coordinated marketing mm. PR kind of machine behind the region, which which it's really. Annoying, <laughs> well, they do a really good job. Mm. And we'll be right back. You know how sometimes you know that you want to explore different wines um, to break out of your comfort zone, but you've only got so much money and you don't want to risk spending money on something that might not be right for you. You know, like um, when you go into the supermarket, you look at all these bottles of wine and there are lots of bottles. You know, it's a minefield out there. You look at the bottles and there aren't that many clues on those bottles as to whether the wine is going to suit your individual palate. And we all taste wine differently, right? You know, one person's dry wine is another person's medium sweet wine. You know, it's all different. And often you'll see bottles that have lots of shiny stickers and medals on them from competitions and stuff. And you think, oh, that that wine must be good because it's got all those medals on it. But when you actually spend the money open the bottle at home, taste it, you think, oh, it's too dry for me, or oh, it's too sweet, oh, it's not that great. But the bottle next to it, which maybe doesn't have all the metals and things on it, was perfect. Now, you're not going to know that, but I'm going to know that. And my name's Yvonne, and I'm the Chief Tasting Officer and Co-Founder of winefriend.co.nz, and we are New Zealand's favourite personalised wine subscription service and we've been around since 2015 and what we do is we match wines to people. So I taste and my team taste a huge amount of wines from all across New Zealand and all across the world and we catalogue them into specific styles and varieties and all those good things that are going to match with individual people. So we'll put together a box of wines for you, and it could be three or six or 12 wines that are going to suit just your individual tastes. So it's super easy to get involved. You go to winefriend.co.nz, fill out a very, very simple, very fun little eight-question survey, which is kind of comprised of questions that tell me about how your palate works. Right, so it asks you about the foods you eat, the seasonings you use, the things that you drink, um, the way that you take your coffee, for instance. Once I've got that information, I match up that information with the other details that you're going to give me. Things like, or, you know, we ask you all the different wines that you choose normally. Like, you might choose sparkling wine, you might love Sauvignon, you might love Pinot Gris, you might love a Syrah or a Shiraz or a Pinot. So there's this huge list of every kind of wine style. You tick all those boxes and then we take all of that information and put that into a little palette profile just for you. And then we send you a selection of wines and you can then rate those wines. We love it when you rate the wines. Tell us what you think or just click an emoji and there's love hearts, smiley faces, average faces and sad faces. And we know from your feedback what we're going to send you next time. So we get we kind of go on this little wine journey with you so that every time one of the little wine friend boxes arrives on your doorstep, you're going to know 
that it's just tailored to you. You can feel confident in that. So it takes all the hassle and the guesswork out of choosing great wines. You don't even need to think about it. We have three different tiers that you can subscribe to. There's Easy Every Day, there's Treat Yourself, there's Icons and Innovators, and you have your own account so you can privately change um, the different subscriptions that you're on. You can change the number of reds, whites, rosés, whatever that you get. Um, so it's totally flexible. It's super easy. And I can't think of anything more fun than choosing wine for you. So go to winefriend.co.nz. You can use the promo code Yvonne, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, to get 24% off your first subscription case. So there you go, winefriend.co.nz. Tell your friends and become a friend. And now we're back. So speaking of good jobs, um, we're going to a little music segment. Have you been thinking about any I've tunes? I've got two. Cool. One is fairly new. One is a classic artist. Um, I'll start with the new one. OG? OG? OG. OGI? OGI. I want to say OG, but it could be OG. Yeah. Um, I've been following her on Instagram, and I just keep forgetting to look at the pronunciation. I'm sure you could uh, wiki it and, and find out. But um, Can we get that up on the screen, up on the, uh, our TV screen or from your you, computer? Uh, we can get the music played if you want. Yeah, um, let's play the music. So this was her um, first big, uh, I don't know, hit. I mean, it's got two million listens or whatever. But She's Nigerian, but she ended up in like Minnesota. Now, here's the thing. She, she's multi-instrumental. She plays like tons of different instruments, obviously. But she has perfect pitch as a singer so the, all her clips on instagram is her doing like live gigs with some pretty good bands and she sounds amazing every time like there's only certain people oh they have a good voice but when you record them they have to do 15 takes and they have to get oh, they're a little pitchy here look aaron's shaking his head he knows this very well <laughs> you know and i've worked with some great guys who had awesome interesting voices and girls who had a great interesting voices but they didn't have perfect pitch where every time they sang it it's just like well that was great maybe we could change mm. the melody or something but mm. it sounded perfect I want to hear it. Okay, so, but she's kind of more into the, uh, mm. chills. A lot of her stuff is, like, kind of got some jazziness to it. Yeah. It's kind of a head bobber. Yeah. This is... It's a head bobber, shoulder shaker. I want to say this song's about a year old. Shoulder And it just kind of... It just rolls. I think it's good if we talk over it because we won't get demonetized on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm liking this. I see what you mean about the pitch. It's very pure. Yeah. And I like it. So that song's called I Got It. Um, Yeah. I like that. So she's great. I listen to her, you know, regularly in the shop. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's kind of smooth, Mm, you know. It's pretty nice. But interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think she's some, she's very young, and I think it's somebody like a career you could watch. And I think she's getting like lots of props from producers and mm-hmm. this and, that, and it's a matter of time. Do before you think she, she could she could be maybe like a, a new Janelle Monae? Maybe, but I because she's a multi instrumentalist. Feel like and, uh, yeah, yeah, I could see, but I don't know. You know, nowadays I don't know how the industry works yeah. i mean she could end up duetting with some big hip-hop artist right. and then she'd just blow up and you know mm. you know that that whole game is a different thing but also 
I don't know how you. Uh, it seems to me she might be. I don't even know if she's on a major label, but she seems to be building a career. You don't even need to be on a major label no, with social media anymore, mm. really, do you? Um, you said you had two. Well, the other one was one of the guys we were just listening to, and it's an artist that I think, if you're a big music fan, um, you should, you know, be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was this guy. He's uh, Peruvian, and Peruvian he's Peruvian from Peru. Jorge Drexler, and he is had a long, long career. He's like even become like an actor there and everything. He's also like a scientist too, which is crazy. But he's easily found. I think he's got a pretty big catalog. You know, he's probably got ten or twelve albums out. Okay. Uh, his latest album was, I thought, a really good statement. And handsome man too. Handsome man. I'm just looking um, across at Daniel's um, uh, and laptop here, and he's got some bone structure. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, you can see why he's an actor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's chiseled. He's he's got you know sort of everything from real modern takes on um, you know sort of fusion mm. uh, Latin with jazz and things like that. But then he's also got like he had was like that lullaby song that I love that just happened to be on my mix when he walked in. Okay. So you can dive deep into that guy and find all kinds of stuff. And he. He's got like the Central American sound while also sounding really modern and, you know, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. He, He's like sort so of So modern and on. Western as well. Yeah. So do you have a sample of his tune? on? The, um, I could just go to what is his most popular. Let's just look up what is the most popular. I'm curious now. Well, he's got 73 millions listens to oh, this song. Oh, so that's how you say it. So J-O-R-G-E. Not George, it's Jorge. I would maybe it is George Drexler, but I would think Jorge Drexler. We're gonna have to look that up. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would just that was I looked at it and right away thought it was Jorge because okay. he's Spanish, but unusual um, word name. Mm-hmm. Have you not heard the name Jorge before? No, I have heard oh, the okay, name Jorge. Okay, but you think it's spelled differently? I, I don't know. I think that's the way you spell it. Okay. He's also you know, multiple ways to spell it. I Luego gota de sudor. This is kind of se hizo vapor. Yeah, it's puts you in a good mood a lot of stuff. It's beautiful. It's got a great voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if you were to go sorry, I don't know what I can I think if you were to go deep into his catalog, you'll find um he's going into a lot of different genres too. So I'm gonna look him up. Yeah, he's good. Hmm. Um, I've got um, I've got one, just one tune, very quickly because I know that we're um, we're racing, mm-hmm. and this is "Can I Call You Rose" by the Sacred Souls, as in T H E E, and not to be confused with Megan the Stallion. Um, okay. There's a lot of these going on, and um, I'm putting my other ear, my headphone. Put your other on headphone to... on, and so this is a tune that was released in 2020. So, um, and this is the video. We've got kind of playing now and I've only just come across it recently so you know it came out well you're a little bit behind that's I'm okay. a little bit behind but the reason that I love it oh but it's soul yeah the sacred souls the sacred souls so they're from San Diego and I love it because there's this San kind Diego. of listen to this can I call you Rose isn't that pretty? This it's baby making music here. It totally is. It's got this kind of Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Um, 
you know, this sort of, yeah, Marvin Gaynor's melodic, unhurried, old school, sweet soul. Neo soul. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so a trio from San Diego signed to Daptone Records. Oh, so, I mean, that makes sense. You now. just know, as soon as you hear this, you go, yeah. ah, Daptone. Yeah. So, yeah. And everything they do, every single song they do, is just pretty. Cool, I'm in. Isn't this lovely? Yeah. So, this is my little. Tune, Can I Call You Rose by The Sacred Souls. All right, add those hmm. guys because I've seen the Daptones live a few oh, times my gosh. with Sharon Jones and Bless Her Soul, long Bless gone Sharon her Jones. Soul. She was a she could belt them out. Yeah, uh, what were they called? The what? Uh, the T H E E Sacred Souls. Sacred yeah. Souls. I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. That could be a uh, tasting yeah. room. That's definitely playlist. a tasting room, uh, yeah. definitely a tasting room playlist. But um, now to kind of round out, yep. I've got my little year now. Okay. Very quickly, because you kind of had your story, which oh, was I really am. embarrassing, kind yeah. of racist and awful. Yeah. Um, mine's, I don't even know how this made the news, but it made the news. And in, in New Zealand, this kind of stuff makes the news. Sometimes they're slow news days. <laughs> it was definitely a, sno- a, slow, <laughs> a slow news day, a slow news day. The owner of an Auckland hair salon um, has been flooded with hot water after a water pipe burst mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday this week. Um, and apparently it's the fourth time that it has burst in a month. So in the news, so this is in today's newspaper. Okay. So four times in four weeks, the overhead pipes a have burst. burst, sending hot water, steamy hot showers down into the uh, hairdressing salon below. That's and it. That's, that's the news. That's the news, right? <laughs> well, obviously. I the, mean, four um, times, yeah, I guess is, you know. But yeah, four times. I that's, think I'd that's like crazy. to talk to the neighbors in the apartment upstairs. They've, they've or... talked to everybody. They've had plumbers in to fix it. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been fixed for a few days. And then it just bursts again. And, um, you know, I'm starting to wonder if there's maybe some... Um, Poltergeist, possibly. Oh, um, you going there? Ooh. Maybe. I don't know. Scary. But, I was um, thinking maybe like somebody flushing the wrong things. Apparently they're working around it, though. They're still taking clients. You know, they're really? just, yeah, so they just have to put buckets around the places where usually these these pipes burst. Um, mm. There are Desperate pictures times. On, online. People really need their hair cut around this time of year. So apparently no one's been injured, which is which is always a good thing. But um, the owner of the salon, which is let's just see, Top Hair, it's called. Let's give him a plug, Top Hair. Top Hair, go, go support him, Auckland. Maybe wear a shower cap. Um, and by the way, when you do walk in there, say it, say salon, not not just salon. The way Yvonne, the way Yvonne's, Yvonne's been saying it, uh, Elon. The way Yvonne's been saying <laughs> salon. Is that not how you say it? No, it is how you say it. Some people say salon. Salon. Yeah. And that's just oh, not that's as fun. If you're going to go to the salon, salon you want to go is, salon. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's an, that's kind of an American thing, going to the salon. Yeah, it is. I know. Whereas but you have we to just s- go to the salon. I know. You should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, but top here, apparently it's going to cost between 70 and 80 grand. To repair all the equipment that has been damaged, so they, sounds like a lot of a dye jobs to make up for that. A lot of dye jobs, a lot of lot of frosted tips, yeah. to to bring that back. So um, so that's us. So if you've got something to say, 
about this podcast, the Y&D podcast, or ideas that you'd like us to hammer out, then email us on ydpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have a Facebook page. We do. We do, called The Y&D Podcast. cranking by the time this yeah, episode gets released. We are, we are going to have that um, up and running. So, yeah, until next time, posy vibes, guys. Yeah, sure. Sure. This podcast is handpicked, whole bunch pressed, wild fermented, and produced unfined and unfiltered by Daniel Brennan and Aaron Cash at New Song Studio.